You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Indians podcast. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. So I made a decision today um, for something else to keep the podcast going and fresh. I uh, picked up, I did a pre-order of Baseball Mogul. Now, there is MLB The Show that you can do kind of a franchise mode in. There's, of course, OOTP, which I have used uh, mostly in the 05 and leagues throughout the years, etc. But uh, why did I decide to use Baseball Mogul? Well, the first simulation game, I think I've mentioned this maybe before in the podcast I ever did, was with Baseball Mogul. Um, and I did pirate that. That was back when I was a student at Ohio State. And... Uh, you could go through and kind of have share drives. I don't know if anyone else was a student there from 2004 and remembers this. Um, my roommate actually made the search engine back in like uh, 02 that people were using to find things. It was like this early, it got shut down like three times, but basically it allowed you to search the entire drive at Ohio State, anyone else who had shared drives and files. And I do remember like when you looked at the top 10 searches, it was all... Um, it was a bunch of boys doing the searches, let's put it that way, but it definitely a precursor to some things we see with with uh, Google and the like today. But, uh, I mean, yes, Google existed and other things like that, but uh, I hadn't really thought of using a search engine before to find files uh, on the random shared network. But either way, I found that file, used it, and um, played a lot of games of Baseball Mogul. Uh, this would have been probably in... 2001, 2002, 2003, around that range. Um, so, you know, I looked at that, uh, looking at kind of, it, it's an easy one to use. It's very straightforward. Um, they have not done anything to massively change it over the years. Um, OTP, there's a lot of functions. Yes, I could turn some on and off, and supposedly the new season has some things that are very easy to do. But uh, I knew Baseball Mogul would be the most user-friendly, the easiest to do, and... Um, they currently have a pre-order bonus, which is like 40% off if you go and use the code pre-order with a hyphen. Um, you know, they're not an ad for this or anything, but uh, took the cost of the game down to 24 bucks as opposed to the 40 for OTP on Steam, which, you know, I was just looking at things again. I'm like, okay, I can save a few bucks and give some money to a, a company that uh, I, I did rip off in my youth. So every week on Friday, we will sim that week of the season, talk about what has occurred go through some of the boxes i'll give us something fun to talk about on one day of the show as i have discussed i want to do going forward but uh as you crawl from yesterday i wanted to start making tuesday's draft day so let's uh now that i've kind of discussed fridays tuesday being draft day um monday mailbag send me those questions i think i have like two so far make sure to, to send those along uh, and then we'll kind of see for Wednesday, Thursday. Still trying to figure something out, but a way to keep everything fresh and interesting. So let's go and talk about draft. Or should we talk about in particular the first draft in 1965? The 1965 draft, the Indians had the seventh overall pick. There were 20 picks in the first round that year. And um, you get down to it. The Indians actually made the fourth best pick in the first round. Rick Monday, who went first overall, was a uh, outfielder from uh, Arizona State, and he ended up being the best value. Uh, Joe Coleman, who went third overall to the Senators, a uh, right-handed pitcher, was ne the next best in terms of war. And then Bernie Carbo, out of Livonia High School in Michigan, 
don't see a lot of prep kids from Michigan who went to the Reds with the 16th pick at the third highest first round war. Uh, Ray Fossey, who will always has that great question of what more could he have been if he hadn't gotten hurt uh, from Marion High School in Marion, Illinois. The Indians took him seventh overall, and uh, that was by far their most effective pick in that draft. If you want to go and look at the rest of that class for the Cleveland Indians, John Sanop was a high school kid. It, it is interesting. They went high school, high school, high school, high school, top four picks. John Sanop, Ronald Constino, and Bill Perry uh, were their first four. They then took, and I'm sorry, their fifth and sixth rounder were also high school kids. So, I mean, first six picks, all high school. They failed to sign uh, Fred Kemp and Phil O'Neill, neither of whom made it to the majors. They took a John Faust, was their first um, college kid in the seventh round out of Arizona, not to be confused with Ray Fossey. Uh, Ron Arnold was New Mexico State University in the eighth. In the ninth round, Vic Alberry, second best pick for them in that draft because he made it to the majors and he signed Key West High School, Key West, Florida. He appeared in three games, uh, interesting uh so it has him i gotta dig into we'll dig into vic alberry some listed as a first baseman and then it has um pitching stats for him and it has some hitting stats uh, of course when he played there was not a dh and then the 10th round they took uh, greg washburn a high school kid out of coal city high school in florida he would make it to the majors but he would not sign with the indians and from the 10th through 14th round, they didn't sign anyone. They signed uh, Harold Joyce from uh, Kamuki High School in Honolulu, Florida. They took a high, an Ohio kid in James Baker. He went to McKinley High School. The next player they signed was Edwin Renfro out of Red Bank High School in Tennessee. And we keep going down, and they didn't sign anyone else. So total signs in this class. They signed their first four. Next three gives you seven eight, nine kids, that's it, out of a 34-kid draft class. They signed nine of those players. Um, three made it to the majors, but only two of them were guys they signed and uh, and kept. Vic Alberry, the pitcher, he actually never pitched in the majors with the Indians. 1.7 war, uh, play, pitched with the Twins from 73 to 76. He uh, appeared in 101 games for the Twins, and let's see how they acquired him from the Indians. Uh, sent from the Cleveland Indians to the San Diego Padres in an unknown transaction. That's kind of amazing. Unknown transaction. That's all we have. We don't know what the Indians got for him. Eventually, he would then uh, be taken by the Twins in the minor league draft and uh, end up being an effective left-hander. You can never have enough lefties. He started uh, about half the time as a starter, half the time as a reliever. Uh, not not particularly stellar numbers, but uh, four years in the bigs, it's certainly better than anyone else in that class. Greg Washburn, the pitcher they failed to sign, would go on to be a first-rounder. He went to Lewis University in Illinois. Uh, the Angels would take him 19th overall, and he would... In 69, he would make it up to the majors for an 11-inning appearance, and that would be it for him. Drafted in 67, uh, so two years in the minors, gets up to the majors, and then that's it for Greg Washburn. Um, A name is so super familiar. 
and I feel like I should probably know why that sticks out, or is it just because there's been so many random wash burns and <laughs> negative wash burns in Cleveland history that it makes me want to think about uh, Greg Washburn as being maybe more important than uh, he is. I can't see anything that stands out. So James Baker never drafted again. Uh, we'll, after the break, kind of dive into him. And then we'll talk about the, that overall draft. We're going to talk about 65, some of the names outside of the first round, who became the top players. Um, we'll talk about the picks in round two, three, and four, who didn't make it to the majors, and all of that when we come back from our break. Okay, if you've been listening all week, you have heard me talk about Withings. Withings are our fantastic sponsor, and as you know, the sponsors over here for the Lockdown MLB podcast are what keep us alive. Do you need a scale? Do you need a smart scale? Do you need a scale that can tell you the weather, give you your full body composition and weight trend, and uses Wi-Fi and blue uh, Bluetooth? The only scale out there for you then is Withings. They were the first smart scale, and they are still the best. Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale for 2020. If you're looking to lose weight, willpower is the key, and this scale is going to help you do that. You download the free app for iOS or Android, and you just step right up. It can give you your full body composition, your weight trend, even that local weather report, as mentioned before, for update users. So everyone in your family can have their own account on the scale. Here's the deal. You can get 25% off this fantastic Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com slash MLB to get 25% off the Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com slash MLB to get 25% off the Body Plus Body Composition Scale. If you need a scale, help us out. Okay. We are back. So I spent uh, a good 20 minutes trying to use the good old Googles to find more about James Baker. And uh, again, when you get right down to it, he's an interesting player uh, because this is the first high school kid from Ohio the Indians ever drafted. The first one uh, in the entire history of the Indians. This is where they started drafting kids from Ohio. And he was just the first kid from Ohio. They didn't take anyone from a college rank or anything else. And he came from Lyndon McKinley High School. Um, I don't know it super well. If you're looking up Lyndon McKinley, most of the things that come up on it were the fact that it was a school that was uh, talked about being closed uh, just because of a whole bunch of stuff. No reason to really dig into that on this podcast. But when you go over to Baseball Cube, which I always find useful, Baseball Cube is interesting because like, I've looked at my high school. I went to Copley High School in uh, Copley, Copley Fairlawn area in Akron growing up. And they'll have kids listed under my high school, um, like Mike Handhold, it's a kid I went to school with. And he's listed there, and he, he played, I don't even know if he necessarily played a bunch or maybe a little at BG, um, and there's some other guys who are listed there who I'm like, I don't even remember them playing baseball that I knew, but I mean, I mean Baseball Cube is just, it builds this database of people who you know had any uh, connection with some other players. But, uh, it, it's more than just guys who went and played a college here or a high school here. When you click on Lyndon McKinley, James Baker is the only name. There's nothing else um, for that school. So you would think if nothing else for that school, this would be a pretty big deal that in the first draft ever, he's the first Ohioan drafted by the Cleveland Indians. 
but I can't find anything. I mean, I tried searching his name with Lyndon McKinley. I tried drafting 60, tried with 65. I tried with uh, Cleveland Indians, nothing. I can't even, and, and for a lot of these other players when they didn't sign, I could be like, okay, well, they eventually got redrafted. I can't even find where he ended up going to college. Um, I can't find hardly anything. Uh, this particular McKinley High School, if I'm over on baseball reference, it has him listed as the only player having gone there. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's a great mystery. If you know about James Baker, who graduated in 65 from Lyndon McKinley High School, I'd love to hear the story because, I mean, again, in terms of just Indians lore, this is the first Ohio kid drafted by the Cleveland Indians, and I can't find anything for the life of me. So, James Baker, interesting story because I can't find anything. Let's talk about those other early picks. John Sandnop, a second-round pick from Knox High School in Minnesota, he got all the way up to double A back in 68 when that was at Waterbury. Um, never really, I mean, he, he almost every year except for 67 was a bit of a struggle for him. Uh, 84 games high, never really came together. Uh, Ronald Constantino from uh, Monson High School in Massachusetts. Uh, he did get up to triple A back when uh, the Indians had Portland and Pawtucket. He, uh, he wasn't terrible. I mean, it's interesting, as you think about that era, uh, 67 in double A, a 2.12 ERA. The next year, it's a, a 1.18 in double A. Struggles in Portland. But uh, you think about 69 and those 70s, it's interesting that he never really got that opportunity. 69, he really struggles again in double A after having had two successful years in double A, except for they moved from Pawtucket to Waterbury. And uh, he pitched in 70 for the Senators, and that was it for him. Bill Perry from uh, Paltaca, Florida. Uh, he got up to double-A for a real little bit of time. Uh, 66, when they had their A-ball in Reno. It's kind of fun just to see all the places. Uh, pretty good year with a batting average over 300. A slugging of 432, 426 on base. He walked 74 times to 61 strikeouts. But uh, the next few years, and then in 66, he would play across two levels. Uh, was really good in A, really struggled in double A, and that was it for him. You know, this is not the time where uh, guys got extended looks in the minors. So that's, that's kind of, you know, looking at those Indians' high picks. If you were curious about that 65 draft, which I'm sure other people... Uh, are already going well should we give Fossey his due I mean we, we probably should as far and away the best uh, best pick for the Indians in this class uh, two gold gloves lots of injuries you know very much could see him as a Sandy Alomar type of player based on the career he ended up having for the Indians he uh, most notably for Pete Rose running him over and you go back to age 23, age 24. Age 23, a 124 OPS plus. Age uh, 24, 98, and that's 95, 85, 66. It just, he struggles a bit there. Comes back to Cleveland in 76, and he is only 29 at that point. Actually has a pretty good rebound season for the Indians in 90 games that year, hits over 300. Uh, would play in 77 and 79, but was not the same guy. Played a partial season with the Indians. And that kind of ended it for him. Both of those years, he uh, he won the gold glove uh, in 70 and 71 when he was an all-star. And again, peaked at age 23, 24. Most known 
1970 All-Star Game, which that's where Pete Rose ran him over at the plate. That was in the midst of his, like, best season far and away. Nothing really kind of approaches that 70 season. Um, the initial x-rays revealed no fractures or damage, but the following year they found that he had sustained a fractured and separated shoulder, which healed incorrectly, and that caused chronic pain that never quite resolved. So, uh... Rose always defended it, but it's, you know, it's an exhibition game, and it was a Bush League BS move. Uh, and then medical science being where it was, the fact that his... He played the entire year, played in 120 games that year, before it was realized, yeah, that he had separated his shoulder and then it healed incorrectly, and he was, again, never the same offensively after that. Um, you know, there's a chance he could have been the the best of those first-round picks when you look at uh, the overall war or some of the other players that occurred in that era and in that... And really, for the Indians, ended up being a strong pick. There was only one player who had a, a higher high than him in terms of their best performance. Um, Jim Spencer would also make an all-star team with the Angels. And, yeah, but uh, interesting that he uh, had a much lower career war than a few of the other guys. Never... Uh, never put it all together quite the, the same way as something like Fossey did, where he was so good defensively and offensively. Other names, I mean, Johnny Bench in the second round, probably worth noting. Uh, Larry Hissel, uh, Philadelphia Phillies in the second round. Um, Ken Holtzman to the Cubs. Craig Nettles to the Twins. Clyde Wright, uh, which connects into talking about Jared Wright from yesterday's show, win the sixth round to the Angels. Hal McRae to the Reds, Sal Bando to the Kansas City Athletics. Tom Seaver didn't sign. Tenth round pick by the Dodgers. He'd go back to USC. Nolan Ryan did sign as a 12th rounder out of Alvin, Texas to the Mets. Uh, I mean, I was looking at his page as I was kind of preparing for this. Do I, yeah, I still have it up in front of me. It's kind of crazy that the most Nolan Ryan ever made in his career was $4.2 million. Like he, uh, his total $25 million for his total career earnings. And you think what uh, what guys get today, but he, uh, you know, at the beginning, he when he he got free agency, that was after seventy nine and eighty, he signed with the Astros, a little over one million, and that was a lot at the time that he got. Um, other names that kind of stuck out late in the draft, uh, Gene Tennis, Tennis, he was a an Ohio kid uh, from Lucasville, Ohio and was a, I believe, a, a high school kid when he was drafted and would go on to have a, a, a you know, play a lot of games uh, with, uh, with the Padres uh, and the Athletics, the Cardinals and the Pirates. He was a catcher and the 1972 World Series MVP. So nice to see uh, another Ohio connection in terms of the draft curious what you guys think uh did you enjoy kind of this rundown uh, memory lane looking at an old draft i know 65 uh for many people is a when you're talking about okay so these guys debuted in 69 and if they played more than 10 years they probably didn't play more than 10 years with the indians so mid 70s so you had to have been aware of baseball in the mid 70s to have a chance to you know i, I notably i mean ray fossey was the only draft pick from that class who actually played with the indians and he played with them in 70, 71, and 72, as well as 76 and 77. So there was a short window to see uh, his performance in Cleveland. But again, 
what do people think? Do they like this? Is it fun? Is it interesting to kind of dig in the past? If you can give me some background on James Baker, I'd love to hear it. Uh, again, I think it's fascinating. The first ever Ohio win, and I can't find anything on Google about it. So help me out uh, if you know or if you have any connection. I would I would love to find out. Uh, it's stuff like that that uh, really gets me uh, digging and trying to locate more info. You have all been fantastic. I want to remind you to rate and review. That helps us a lot in terms of the iTunes. No one understands the algorithm, but the reviews on a constant basis help. The downloading, the listening. I feel like I used to just download alone uh, to help the numbers. I'm not beyond that. But you actually have to like play, and there's all... I mean, it is always changing how they judge these. So download, listen, play. Uh, tell your smart device to play Lockdown Indians. That is also extremely helpful. But no matter what you do, you've all been fantastic. Thank you for listening. I've been Jeff Ellis. This is another podcast in the books. And as always, go Tribe.